Welcome to Reading the One Year Bible Together, a daily podcast that runs Monday through Saturday. My name is Bryce Tomlinson, and I'll be joined by Sherry Atanasal, and on occasion, my lovely wife, Julie. If you don't have a one-year Bible, you can get a reading plan at oneyearbibleonline.com. There's a link in the description of this video on Facebook, and as well as the show notes of our podcast. This podcast is recorded from Jitsi, where we do our live streams daily. Details can be found in the show notes as well as on our Facebook page. You're welcome to read out of whichever version of the Bible that you like best. We just happen to use the World English Bible because it's public domain. And as such, this podcast and its corresponding live stream are also public domain. You're welcome to download them and re-upload them anywhere that you see fit, anywhere that you think that the Word of God is needed. We feel like that's pretty much everywhere, so you should totally do that. And even if you can't, you can still hit that share button, share this on your timeline, share this on your Facebook, your Twitter feed, your TikTok, or wherever you think that people ought to be getting into the Bible. In the show notes, you'll find links to PayPal and Patreon, where you can show your support and contribute to the improving of our audio quality and the audio gear that we use to record these podcasts and live streams. Thanks for joining us, and here we go. Today is Thursday, June 29th, 2023, and that means that we are on day 180 of the one-year Bible. That's going to start us out in 2 Kings chapter 15. So, Sherry, would you like to pray for us this morning? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. Uh, Heavenly Father, it's pretty obvious that uh, somebody doesn't want us doing this. So, I just pray, Lord, that you would prevent any more glitches, that you would um, somehow make this a thing for your honor and for your glory. I just can't think of any other words. Please bless our time together, Lord, and may you be edified. Help us to rightly divide your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Second Kings chapter 15, starting in verse 1. In the 27th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, Azariah, the son of Amaziah, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 16 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jecoliah of Jerusalem. He did that which was right in Yahweh's eyes, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. However, the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burned incense in the high places. Yahweh struck the king so that he was a leper to the day of his death and lived in a separate house. Jotham, the king's son, was over the household, judging the people of the land. Now, <clears throat> the rest of the acts of Azariah and all that he did, aren't they written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? Azariah slept with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in David's city, and Jotham his son reigned in his place. In the thirty-eighth year of Azariah king of Judah, Zechariah the son of Jeroboam reigned over Israel in Samaria six months. He did that which was evil in Yahweh's sight, as his fathers had done. He didn't depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, with which he made Israel to sin. Shalom, the son of Jabesh, conspired against him and struck him before the people and killed him and reigned in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Zechariah, behold, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. This was Yahweh's word, which he spoke to Jehu, saying, Your sons to the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. So it came to pass. 
Shalom, the son of Jabesh, began to reign in the 39th year of Uzziah, king of Judah, and he reigned for a month in Samaria. Menahem, the son of Gadai, went up from Terzah, came to Samaria, struck Shalom, the son of Jabesh, in Samaria, killed him, and reigned in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Shalom and his conspiracy which he made, behold, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. Then Menahem attacked Tifash, Tif Tifsa, and all who were in it and its border areas from Tirzah. <clears throat> he attacked it because they didn't open their gates to him, and he ripped up all their women who were with child. In the thirty-ninth year of Azariah, king of Judah, Menahem, the son of Gadi, began to reign over Israel for ten years in Samaria. He did that which was evil in Yahweh's sight. He didn't depart all his days from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, with which he made Israel to sin. Pul, the king of Assyria, came against the land, and Menahem gave Pul one thousand talents of silver, that his hand might be with him to confirm the kingdom in his hand. Menahem exacted the money from Israel, even from all the mighty men of wealth, from each man fifty shekels of silver, to give to the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria turned back and didn't stay there in the land. Now the rest of the acts of Menahem and all that he did, aren't they written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? Menahem slept with his fathers and Pekahiah, his son, reigned in his place. In the fiftieth year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekahiah, the son of Menahem, began to reign over Israel in Samaria for two years. He did that which was evil in Yahweh's sight. He didn't depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, with which he made Israel to sin. Pekah, the son of Remaliah, his captain, conspired against him and attacked him in Samaria in the fortress of the king's house with Argob and Ariah, and with him were fifty men of the Gileadites. He killed him and reigned in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Pekahiah and all that he did, behold, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel. In the fifty-second year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekah, the son of Remaliah, began to reign over Israel in Samaria for twenty years. He did that which was evil in Yahweh's sight. He didn't depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, with which he made Israel to sin. In the days of Pekah, king of Israel, Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, came and took Aijon, Abel, beth Maacah, Janoah, Kadesh, Hazor, Gilead, and Galilee, all the land of Naphtali, and he carried them captive to Assyria. Hoshea, the son of Elah, made a conspiracy against Pekah, the son of Remaliah, attacked him, killed him, and reigned in his place, in the twentieth year of Jotham, the son of Uzziah. Great job. Thanks. Now, now the rest of the acts <laughs> of Pekah and all that he did, behold, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. In the second year of Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. 
His mother's name was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. He did that which was right in Yahweh's eyes. He did according to all that his father Uzziah had done. However, the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burned incense in the high places. He built the upper gate of Yahweh's house. Now the rest of the acts of Jotham and all that he did, aren't they written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? In those days, Yahweh began to send Rezin, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, against Judah. Jotham slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in his father David's city, and Ahaz, his son, reigned in his place. And now we are continuing in 2 Kings chapter 16, starting in <coughs> verse 1. In the twenty in in the sorry in the seventeenth mm -hmm. year, not used to seeing that spelled out like that. In the seventeenth year mm -hmm. of Pekah, the son of Remaliah, Ahaz the son of Jotham, king of Judah, began to reign. Ahaz was twenty years old when he began to reign, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. He didn't do that which was right in Yahweh his God's eyes, like David his father. But he walked in the way of king of the kings of Israel and even made his son to pass through the fire according to the abominations of the nations whom Yahweh cast out from before the children of Israel. He sacrificed and burned incense in the high places on the hills and under every green tree. Then Rezin, king of Syria, and Pekah, son of Remaliah, king of Israel, came up to Jerusalem to wage war. They besieged Ahaz, but could not overcome him. At that time, Rezin, king of Syria, recovered Elath to Syria and drove the Jews from Elath. And the Syrians came to Elath and lived there to this day. So Ahaz sent messengers to Tiglath, Pileser, king of Assyria, saying, I am your servant and your son. Come up and save me out of the hand of the king of Syria, and out of the hand of the king of Israel, who rise up against me. Ahaz took the silver and gold that was found in Yahweh's house, and in the treasures of the king's house, and sent it for a present to the king of Assyria. The king of Assyria listened to him, and the king of Assyria went up against Damascus and took it, and carried its people captive to Kir, and killed Rezin. King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, and saw the altar that was at Damascus. And King Ahaz sent to Urijah the priest a drawing of the altar and plans to build it. Urijah the priest built an altar according to all that King Ahaz had sent from Damascus. So Urijah the priest made it for the coming of King Ahaz from Damascus. When the king had come from Damascus, the king saw the altar, and the king came near to the altar and offered on it. He burned his burnt offering and his meal offering, poured his drink offering, and sprinkled the blood of his peace offerings on the altar. The bronze altar, which was before Yahweh, he brought from the front of the house, from between his altar and Yahweh's house, and put it on the north side of his altar. King Ahaz commanded Urijah the priest, saying, on the great altar, burn the morning burnt offering, the, meal, the evening meal offering, the king's burnt offering, and his meal offering, with the burnt offering of all the people of the land. 
their meal offering and their drink offerings and sprinkle on it all the blood of the burnt offering and all the blood of the sacrifice. But the bronze altar will be for me to inquire by. Urijah the priest did so according to all that King Ahaz commanded. King Ahaz cut off the panels of the bases and removed the basin from off them and took down the sea from off the bronze oxen that were under it and put it on a pavement of stone. He removed the covered way for the Sabbath that they had built in the house and the king's outer entrance to Yahweh's house because of the king of Assyria. Now the rest of the acts of Ahaz, which he did, aren't they written in the books of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? Ahaz slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in David's city, and Hezekiah his son reigned in his place. Now we are going into the New Testament. We are in Acts chapter 19, starting in verse 13. But some of the itinerant Jews, exorcists, took on themselves to invoke over those who had the evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. There were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did this. The evil spirit answered, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? The man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This became known to all, both Jews and Greeks, who lived at Ephesus. Fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Many also of those who had believed came, confessing and declaring their deeds. Many of those who practiced magical arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. They counted their price and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord was growing and becoming mighty. Now after these things had ended, Paul determined in the spirit, when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. Having sent into Macedonia two of those who served him, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. About that time there arose no small disturbance concerning the way. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to the craftsmen, whom he gathered together with the workmen of like occupation, and said, Sirs, you know by this business we have our wealth. You see and hear that not at Ephesus alone, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people, saying that they are no, they are no gods that are made with hands. Not only is there danger that this our trade come into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be counted as nothing and her majesty destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worships. When they heard this, they were filled with anger and cried out, saying, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. The whole city was filled with confusion, and they rushed with one accord into the theater, having seized Gaius and Aristarchus, men of Macedonia, Paul's companions in travel. When Paul wanted to enter into the temple, the disciples didn't allow him. 
makes I, I'm, I'm listening to this. I'm thinking it just pops into my head. Great is Optimus Prime. It's just like that's how made up it is. Okay. Yeah. Verse, 30, verse 31, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> certain also of the Asiarchs, being his friends, sent to him and begged him not to venture into the theater. Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was in confusion. Most of them didn't know why they had come together. They brought Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. Alexander beckoned with his hand and would have made a defense to the people. But when they perceived that he was a Jew, all with one voice for a time of about two hours cried out, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. When the town clerk had quieted the multitude, he said, You men of Ephesus, what man is there who doesn't know that the city of the, Eph of the Ephesians is temple keeper of the great goddess Artemis and of the image which fell down from Zeus? Seeing then that these things can't be denied, you ought to be quiet and to do nothing rash. For you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of temples nor blasphemers of your goddess. If, therefore, Demetrius and the craftsmen who are with him have a matter against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. Let them press charges against one another. But if you seek anything about other matters, it will be settled in the regular assembly. For indeed we are in danger of being accused concerning today's riot, there being no cause. Concerning it, we wouldn't be able to give an account of this commotion. When he had thus spoken, he dismissed the assembly. And now we are going into the Old Testament once again. We're in Psalm 147, starting in verse 1. Praise Yah, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and fitting to praise Him. Yahweh builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. He heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by their names. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. Yahweh upholds the humble. He brings the wicked down to the ground. Sing to Yahweh with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp to our God, who covers the sky with clouds, who prepares rain for the earth, who makes grass grow on the mountains. He provides food for the livestock and for the young ravens when they call. He doesn't delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. Yahweh takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his loving kindness. Praise Yahweh, Jerusalem. Praise your God, Zion, for he has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your children within you. He makes peace in your borders. He fills you with the finest of the wheat. He sends out his commandment to the earth. His word runs very swiftly. He gives snow like wool and scatters frost like ashes. He hurls down his hail like pebbles. Who can stand before his cold? He sends out his word and melts them. He causes his wind to blow and the waters flow. He shows his word to Jacob 
his statutes, and his ordinances to Israel. He has not done this for just any nation. They don't know his ordinances. Praise Yah. And lastly, we finish with Proverbs 18, verses 4 and 5. The words of a man's mouth are like deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is like a flowing brook. To be partial to the faces of the wicked is not good, nor to deprive the innocent of justice. Thank you, Lord, that we were finally able to get through reading your word today. I just am so thankful for that, Lord. And I just pray that um, if this is not just simple technical issues, that you would um, overcome whatever's going on. And I just, I thank you, Lord, that we get to do this. Father, I lift up those who are sick and struggling, Lord. There are so many, and, and I know we're running really late, so I'll keep it short. But those with cancer, I pray for a healing and a restoration, Lord God. I pray for a miracle. For those with heart issues, Lord, I pray that you would be there to comfort them, that you would restore their hearts and any other complications and make them whole again, Lord God. Um, for those with broken bones, I pray for healing, that the bones would be better than before. Lord, for those who have had strokes, Lord, you know what needs to be restored in their brains, Lord, and I just ask that you would do that. I ask that you would rebuild those pathways, Lord, um, that don't work anymore, Lord God that you would be the encourager of those who are struggling to just function normally again, Lord God. And I just, I pray for all of these people, Lord, with all of these illnesses and injuries and pains. And Lord, I just ask that you would um, bring them to know you if they don't, Lord God, that they would see you, that you're a loving and true God and honest God who cares for them, Lord God, and that they would turn to you and choose to follow you. That's the ultimate wish for us, Lord, not just for physical healing, but for spiritual healing as well. Lord, I lift up those who are um, struggling in marriage. You know who they are. I pray for restoration. I pray for a wholeness, a reunification, Lord, of what you brought together, that it would be a healthy, um, strong marriages that honor and glorify you and represent you well, Lord God. And um, also for those who have moved on and, and can't be reunited, Lord, I just pray for wisdom. I pray for patience, for not to be in a hurry, Lord God, and again, that they would come to know you. For our youth, Father God, I just ask, Lord, that you would work a miracle in this generation, Lord, especially a certain one, that you would move mountains, you would raise up valleys, that you would make a way, Father God that you would help them to see that the lies of the world, Lord, that seem so tantalizing while fun for a while will just end up in bondage and slavery to sin, Lord, and to the enemy, your enemy. And I just pray, Lord, you would soften hearts, that you would change uh, patterns of behavior, attitudes, even thought life, Lord, to turn it to glorify you, Lord, that they would choose you, pursue you, run to you, and love you with all their hearts, soul, mind, and strength, Lord God. And I just thank you that you love them more than we ever could. Thank you for our first responders, Lord. I just pray for wisdom. I pray for patience. I pray for your protection over them as they go out every day. And I do pray, too, that they will come to know you, Father. I pray for those out trying to reach the lost for your kingdom and for your glory, that you would strengthen them, that you would be the lifter of their heads, that you would give them wisdom to know where to go, where not to go, when to speak, when to be quiet, and that you would give them the ability, Lord, through you, 
to reach more and more lost people for your kingdom and glory. And finally, Lord, I lift up your people, Israel, and I just ask, Lord, that you would um, open up their eyes, pull off those scales, get through the walls of their religiosity, Lord God, or their apathy or their worldliness, and just to see who Jesus is, and he is their Messiah. And I ask all this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, again, today is going to be short and sweet because we uh, <sighs> we ran long trying to get it started. <laughs> yeah. We ran like 45 minutes trying to get this thing started. So <laughs> finally we got it started and we're actually kind of kind of on point sort of for yeah. our normal time frame. So kind of sort of. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you guys, uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, if you if you would like to join us tomorrow, uh, you can catch us here on Jitsi. Uh, the link is in the description of this video, the show notes, and on the Facebook page. Uh, please mm -hmm. do join us, uh, chat with us while we're doing yep. this live stream. We normally do a little bit of commentary at the end, but today mm -hmm. we're kind of cutting it short. So God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. And if you don't find us here tomorrow around 10-ish or so-ish Pacific time, ish, ish, ish. look for us in the sky. <laughs> Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.